down in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Welcome, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to The Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. In view of all of the things that have been happening to us, and by us, I mean us Americans who are fighting globalists, and remember I say globalists are in both parties, you can't just say it's the Democrats, it's not, just look at the Republicans that support the Democrats all the time, and you will see exactly who the globalists are. What do they believe? Where is all of their thought process coming from? How did they come up with these incredibly stupid ideas which do nothing other than hurt the people? Would you be surprised if I told you that those ideas are being put there on purpose and their their goal is to hurt the people? That's what they believe. They strongly believe that the earth is overpopulated, that mankind is the enemy of the earth, and that they must do everything humanly possible to get rid of us. And they devise all different types of schemes, no matter whether it's from the military or it's from a disease or it's from terrorism. It doesn't make any difference. They will create all kinds of situations that will begin to eliminate and erode people. And that's why I believe this fight over abortion is so strong, because these people want to get rid of the babies. They actually want to kill them. They do not want the earth to be populated. How do I know that? Because they tell us all the time. And that's what we don't do. We don't listen to their words. We don't listen to what they actually say. And when they say it, we say, oh, they didn't really mean that. Well, folks, unfortunately, they do mean that. And they follow their leaders all too well. And that, to me, is probably the biggest problem. But what are some of their leaders saying? Um, I would like to read to you a couple of the statements from their leaders so that you have an idea where all of this is coming from. And by the way, folks, they want the United Nations to be the dominant factor in world government. So who are these people and what do they want? Well, Maurice Strong, he was an oil billionaire, so he made his money in fossil fuel. His goal was to eliminate the competition. And so he deemed that oil should be unsustainable. Maurice Strong was one of the writers of Agenda 21, and he presented at the Rio Earth Summit where George Bush 41 signed on to this treaty, which was not even written yet. But what did Maurice say? So we know what's in the treaty. Well, Maurice said, current lifestyles and consumption patterns of the affluent middle class involving high meat intake use of fossil fuel, appliances, 
air conditioning and suburban housing are not sustainable. So there's your targets, folks. What a surprise. They're already targeting those areas. Michael Fox, who is the vice president of the Humane Society, remember PETA and everybody and everything has to be for the animals. He said that mankind is the most dangerous, destructive, selfish, unethical animal on the earth. And we must get rid of them. Really? Really, Michael, where are you? John Davis, who is the editor of the Earth First Journal, said that human beings as a species have no more value than slugs. Really? Really, really? Who invented all of those incredible things that make humanity live better? We're no better than slugs. Uh, James, Sir James Lovestock, a lot of these people came out of England, said that humans on the earth behave in some ways like pathological microorganisms or the likes of the cell of a tumor. The Club of Rome, who was very, very much in favor of Agenda 21, the Great Reset, et cetera, et cetera, because they're all the same program, folks, said that Earth has a cancer and the cancer is mankind. Now, I can go on and on and on and on, but these people have formulated their ideas coming from philosophers, some of them many uh, ancient ones, and they pick and choose what these philosophers have said, and then put together a program. To me, I say they're taking the worst of the worst, putting together a program and then forcing it on we the people, and they're telling us how they want us to live. So when it comes time to listen to the people in our history, I like to go to my favorite historian. Bill Federer has agreed to join me today. Thank you so much, Bill. Where are their ideologies coming from? They're so insane and they are so detrimental to humankind. Where do they get these ideas? Um, well, uh, Thomas Math Malthus was someone who back at the time of the founding of America, said that agriculture would increase arithmetically and population would increase geometrically or multiplying. And so he said, at some point in the future, you will have more population than you have food. Sounds convincing until you realize on the same acreage uh, that was used 100 years ago, there's like a uh, hundred times more food with, you know, genetically engineered, modified seeds, with fertilizers, with insecticides, with irrigation, with uh, farming techniques, with modern tractors. We've been able to use the creative part of the human mind to increase the food production and then come up with new sources of food. Uh, I mean, who would have thought soybeans could be turned into mock beef, beef and mock chicken and soy burgers? And, and they even have uh, some countries working on turning insects into protein. And then you uh, have seaweed and things that were not considered food before. In other words, that if you put the human mind to work, then there's an unlimited potential. You know, they have these big greenhouses that they were setting up to be model communities on the moon or Mars, but it would be completely self-sustaining where they would, 
you know, scrub the air and clean the water and recycle it. And But if you have sunlight, then you have seeds. There's something called photosynthesis, where it can turn sunlight into plants. And then plants absorb carbon dioxide. It's food to them. And then they put off oxygen. And it's a system that is sustainable in and of itself. What this Thomas Malthus did was use erroneous logic, but the repercussions were fatalistic. So you give birth to these people that uh, do not believe in heaven and they think, well, we have to have heaven on earth. And so we have to do everything we can to preserve uh, this planet. And so they're in their mind, there's too many people. And so they literally have taken it upon themselves to kill people. And you read writings of these over the centuries. They're like, war is good. War will help reduce the population and then diseases. And then you have these disturbing quotes from like the CEO of Pfizer and Bill Gates that talk about wanting to reduce the world's population by some target date. So it's a dangerous ideology that ignores human creativity. And if you've ever flown in an airplane over the country, there's lots and lots of land. (laughs) <laughs> there, if you were to take the entire population of the earth and give everybody like a four foot square to stand in, you could fit the whole population into an area the size of Jacksonville, Florida. Um, now, you'd be pretty close to everybody, but, but population is relatively small compared to the landmass. And, you know, you go out to um, Idaho, Treasure Valley. It was this scrub brush valley stretched for a couple hundred miles that the wagon trains would have to go across. Well, they found a way to dig wells and pump up the water from beneath. And all of a sudden you could irrigate this whole thing. And now it's turned into this immensely prosperous uh, agricultural producing valley. And then you have new technologies where they can take seawater and make it fresh, right? They can do osmosis and, and produce water that doesn't have the salt content. And so if we put our minds to it, we can answer these problems without killing people. You mean we're better than slugs? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we have a brain. We need to use it. And that's really part of the problem. And now what they are doing, I was reading, Bill, they're taking this magnificent farmland that you have just described. They're cutting down, like in Scotland. So this is going to be coming here soon. They're cutting down thousands upon thousands. I think they said over a million acres of trees for wind farms. Now they will be able to rightly say, we don't have enough food to feed the people. What does a wind turbine taste like? Because that's what's being uh, grown on our farmland. And that will be coming here soon if we don't learn about this and correct it and don't allow it to happen. I don't understand what's wrong with the governors of their states who want to take food and turn it into solar panels and turn it into wind turbines just because. Why is it just because? Because I think, Bill, that they have used all of these things for control. It has nothing to do with population. I think it has to do with control. What do you think? Yeah, you just have to read their documents, and they uh, have 
realized that the most common form of government in world history is kings. Power wants to concentrate into the hands of the government. Uh, you know, the children of Israel went to Samuel the prophet saying, we want a king. And what's rare in world history is people ruling themselves without a king. And they're called democracies and republics. America is set up where the people are the king. But how do you get people to give up their freedoms and let it reconcentrate back into the government? People aren't in a hurry to give up control of their life. Well, there's two tactics, fear and free stuff. Fear is if you can get the people to become afraid, they will panic and give up their freedom for security. And then uh, Ben Franklin talked about this. He said, whoever gives up freedom for temporary security deserves neither. In the Bible, you have a story of the elders of Israel going out to Jephthah. He's like, why are you coming to me? You didn't like me. You kicked me out. And they go, no, we're being attacked. We need somebody that knows how to fight. And you're the best one that knows how to fight. So uh, we'll make you our king, right? We'll put you with you and your sons can reign over us. Just deliver us. And so in a, in a moment of panic, they were willing to surrender their freedoms. Uh, that phenomenon occurs over and over again. But the second is free stuff. This is a little more interesting because the government appears nice and it's giving you stuff until you get dependent. And then they will incrementally require you to give up your freedom to keep it coming. And that's uh, like a fisherman, right? Uses a bait and the bait is free stuff, but there's a hook hidden in there. So a drug dealer takes over a neighborhood two ways. He can come in with guns and get everybody in fear and they'll panic and surrender their freedom to the mob in exchange for being left alive. But the other is the drug dealer is so nice. He's giving away free drugs until you get hooked. And then he says, oh, you want more free drugs? You're going to, have to sell yourself into prostitution, even give up control of your own body. And so those are the two tactics. If you take the power of a king and you give it to the people and democracies and republics. But if the king wants the power back, does he just ask for it? And people, oh, yeah, here. No. So there's these two tactics, fear and free stuff. And so they've been weaponized. And you see this orchestrating, these fear mongering on a global level. Um, I mean, you, you know, if you think of it, the, there was a, a virus that had a 99.99% recovery rate. And the whole country, the whole world was put into fear. It's sort of interesting. You look at the, the, the annual deaths, and there, there were the same amount of annual deaths for the last 10 years. Uh, in, in other words, the last two years, normal flu deaths disappeared. And those numbers were moved into another category of this virus. And um, but because they were able to whip the whole world into fear, people everywhere were giving up control of their bodies, giving up control. Of their, they're locking themselves in, giving up their freedom, giving up everything. And in retrospect, people are saying, look, there was a manipulation that took place of fear. And even just uh, this last week, the uh, the CDC put out guidelines that basically admitted masks don't work. <laughs> Social distancing doesn't work. All this stuff doesn't work. Uh, we sort of made a mistake in saying all that, uh, but they're just quietly put it up there and they go on. Uh, I saw that happen yesterday when I went with my husband to the uh, 
the hospital, he had to have some tests. And there was the big sign that says you have to wear a mask. So we walked in and uh, of course we had to get our temperature taken and then they gave us a mask. So I put it on my wrist and he put it on his wrist and the girl said, you have to wear the mask. And we said, we are, <laughs> it's not going on my face. It can stay on my hand, especially after what the CDC just said. And then I looked around the room and now I'm concerned, Bill, that the people have become so conditioned to wear the mask that they're afraid to take it off. Do you think that's happening? Yeah, yeah. And, and there's illogical because there'll be somebody alone all by themselves in a car. Uh, and it's like, really, you're the only other person that you can breathe their breath in is you. And you're already <laughs> breathing your breath in through the mask. Why would you need a mask to protect you from somebody else in the car when there isn't it? Um, you know, I was reading about brainwashing uh, in the, during the Korean War. Uh, they studied how these young men volunteered for the military, loved America, went in, they were captured. And when they finally rescued them, they hated America. And they're like, what happened? You know, during World War II, we rescued these guys and they loved America. They came back. How come uh, during this Korean War, they're, they're coming back hating America? Well, they found out that the communists did tactics on them. And one of them was isolation. And they would isolate these prisoners until they got to the place where they craved, 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 wanting to get back to normal. Just to have buddies, just to be a part, you know, to talk to people and and they would bring them into a room and before they could be accepted into the group and get that emotional support that they so craved, they had to confess their whiteness. They had to confess that they were part of the evil Western capitalist system that did all this terrible stuff around the world. And when they finally rejected America, then they got the pat on the shoulder and the brotherly hug and they were accepted back into the group. And, and this concept has been transition to a national uh, phenomenon where you isolate people in their homes until they get to this breaking point where they just crave, 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 wanting to get back to normal. And then you say, okay, but before you can get back to normal, you have to surrender your freedoms. You have to confess that everything you believed was wrong. You have to, you know, take this mark and wear this mask. And, and then, so during this brainwashing, they found that, the human mind wants to know why you're doing things. It's sort of normal. Uh, but they would make these prisoners do illogical commands. Like, okay, today we're going to pick up all these rocks and move them over there. And so all day long, you're moving the rocks and you finally get done. Then the next day they say, okay, we're going to spend today taking all those rocks and move them over there and move them back where you just got them from. And they're like, what? And it's like, you know, what's the reasoning behind this? And then they would say, okay, today you can't do this. And then tomorrow you can do it, but you can't do that. And, and it would be like, you know, going through the, the airport where, you know, now you got to take everything out of your bag and now you don't have to take out it. Now you can't have food go through it. Now you can't have food go through. I mean, it, it's, Ill, it's illogical, but it's designed to get the prisoner to say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to try to figure out why I'm doing anything. I'm just a zombie. Just tell me what I'm supposed to do and I'll do it. And I won't think why. Everybody to obey and not to think. Why am I wearing this? What are I think that's a large part of where we are today. There are too many people that have been so trained to just accept talking points 
that they accept a talking point as though it's a fact. They never ask why, and they just do the action of the talking point because it's a fact or it has become the fact. And we saw that, you uh, mentioned that before, we saw that with photosynthesis. Our kids are not being taught the value of carbon dioxide. And now they are being taught that we have to take the carbon dioxide and repurpose it and push it to back into the ground or do something else, carbon capture, some other stupid thing, when carbon dioxide is needed for the food that we eat. So it gets them to be able to say, oh, we don't have enough food for everybody. And I think that's their plan. And I think going further than that, Bill, they're going to create food lines, bread lines for those people that are not paying attention and all of a sudden wake up and have no food. They're going to create that. But I think they're going to go even further. They're probably going to say, okay, we'll give you food. Here's a card. You're going to get your money on this card from now on. You're not going to get money, no more cash. And by the way, do you have a gun? Because if you have a gun, you can't have food. So I see based on their past experience, they're going to come up with programs like this. What do you think, Bill? Yeah. You know, I wanted to throw in, um, do you know, the percentage of carbon dioxide that's in the Earth's atmosphere? Well, I do. (laughs) It's 0.03%. Right. 0.0. That's that's one third of one tenth of a percent. You know, I I describe this to people and I say, imagine, let's take the relationship of carbon dioxide to the atmosphere. Go fill your bathtub up with cold water. Now take a thimble of hot water and pour it in the bathtub. Do you think the water will turn hot? Yeah, such a minuscule amount that the, the thought of, if, if you were to take one volcanic eruption can spew more carbon dioxide and more hydrocarbons in the atmosphere than 100 years of <laughs> all the automobiles, all the factories, all the machinery put together. So you could literally spend 100 years wanting to get rid of all, anything that spews out carbon dioxide and in one volcanic eruption it just destroys all that so i I wanted to to bring out that it's turned from science into political science and you can you can talk to enough scientists that privately they will tell you that it's all nonsense but publicly they will not because they will lose their job lose their tenure be kicked out they'll be blackballed from the science community but they won't mention it publicly uh, because of politics. You know, another thing about the brainwashing, they did an experiment and it was a wine tasting experiment. Chuck Colson talked about this in one of his books, that everybody was in on the experiment except one couple and they poured vinegar in the wine. Everybody's at the wine tasting and this couple writes on their little card, this one tastes terrible. But one by one, the other couples would say, oh, this wine was great. It had character. It was robust. And it finally got around to the naive couple. And they scratched out what they wrote. And they stood up and said, yeah, we thought it was good. Interesting. So the the pressure to want to fit in, not understanding why, and even denying your own feelings, but the pressure of wanting to fit in with the group. And so that's why they want to control the perception of what the group believes. They want to control Facebook. 
Twitter, LinkedIn, all the major news medias, including Fox, they, they, they want to control this. So your echo chamber is a manufactured group consensus. And so you step into this and you see, well, gee, everybody's believing this. And, and I, I really don't feel like this is the way it's supposed to be, but I'm not going to say it publicly. And so you self-censor your views if you think you are in the minority. But then the interesting part of this experiment was somebody said that all they did was pour vinegar in the wine. The couple that had changed their views criticized the person for saying they poured vinegar in. And it became a phenomenon called false enforcement. Once people buy into the lie, they will help enforce that other people buy right. into the lie. Amazing. And, and this, Amazing. This this group uh, manufacturing was studied. Um, Hitler uh, had Joseph Goebbels, and he realized, oh, everybody will do what they see everybody else doing. So he would orchestrate these Coliseum events with 100,000 people, and they would begin to give the Hitler salute in the front, and it, everybody would see everybody else giving it. And they'd feel pressure to give it, and people would see you giving it, and they would feel pressure to give it. And you swept up the country into this mass, rabid mind uh, control thing, but it was through this wanting to fit in with the group and the, and, you know, it was actually studied in marketing and you had 1800s marketing was what Sears catalog, Wells Fargo wagon, and they would list everything about a sewing machine. But then in the early 1900s, they invented magazine ads, nice, colorful pictures, and they would make it look like everybody's using a product. And the classic was Crisco. Nobody knew what was in Crisco. They even invented a term, vegetable-based. But they made these ads look like everybody was using it, nice, beautiful food, or happy families. It was so successful, it put out of business the lard industry. Do you know what's in Crisco? Cottonseed oil. It's industrial oil. They would, they would have these mountains of black cotton seeds from harvesting cotton in the South. And they would mush it into this black, mucky oil that they would use in factories and machinery and for industrial use. Nobody ate that stuff, but somebody had the idea of bleaching it and putting it in these containers in this nice ad campaign, and we've all eaten. Wow. And, that and is... so you, you buy, you, now you go from knowing everything about a sewing machine to nothing about a product. But you're, do, you're buying it because it looks like everybody else is buying it. The person that, that championed this was Edward Bernays. And his uh, uncle was Sigmund Freud, the psychoanalyst. And Edward Bernays wrote a book in 1928 called Propaganda. And he later uh, it changed it to the term public relations. And he talks about women's shoes. He goes, women go into a department store and think they're picking out shoes. They're not. The marketing executive picked out the shoes for them and paid the actress to put them on, paid the photographer to take the pictures and paid to have these nice slick ads in the magazines. And the ladies buy the magazines and see the ads and want the shoes. He goes, in this way, women are controlled in this area of their personal life. Bill, this and is so fantastic. And we're going to have to have you come back again so that we can continue this because I don't think people understand the power of persuasion. And that's what this is all about. Bill, tell everyone where they can find you. Well, thank you. My website is AmericanMinute.com. AmericanMinute.com. 
And then one of the books where I talk about this is called Socialism, The Real History from Plato to the Present. And the subtitle is How the Deep State Capitalizes on Crises to Consolidate Control. And folks, I will tell you, please go to American Minute, put your email in and get Bill's incredible daily uh, newsletters of a bit of history. You will learn so much. Thank you, Bill, so much for joining me today. And I hope you will come back again because the history has been missing and we need to pick it up and understand where it's coming from. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Don't go anyplace, folks. We will be right back. All right. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20%. By using promo code OUTLOUD. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only 8 seconds. One second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology, designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Well, folks, I just read you a whole bunch of quotes that describe what the globalists think of humankind and how they feel that we are nothing other than slugs to be programmed at their whim. But what does this really mean? How does this play with our lives? What's really happening? How can they say this and how are they putting it in action? Or are they? Are they just talking to hear themselves talk? Well, that one, I don't think so. I believe they're talking and they are implementing the plans that we're talking about. The sad part is I don't believe we're paying enough attention. And as these things progress, we will see more and more evidence that what they said in the past, they really intend to do. They hate humankind. They believe it is the enemy. They have no regard for life. And they feel that people are no better than slugs and have the ability to be programmed. And by the way, there's too much of us on the earth. So they're going to have to make sure there are enough food shortages so enough of us die and they can reduce the population because depopulation is one of their prime goals. Well, where does this all 
come from and where is it all going and how is it happening or even is it happening? We're going to find out because we're going to be talking to Claire Lopez, who has written an incredible article describing the implementation of what these people have been saying. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the prism of America's education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Folks, we're coming into the end of primaries. That's going to be over very shortly, end of August, and then we will be going into the general election phase. Do you know your candidate? Do you know what they stand for? Do you know what they will bring you? If you don't, how can you vote for them? And folks, we have a lot of issues, but to me, the one that is the most destructive to our country is the illegal immigrants who are not being taught that America is good. They're being taught that America is bad and that we should accept all of the evils of America. Oh, my goodness, Claire. I don't know how that is going to work out, but it certainly does not sound good. And thank you for writing that article, describing what's going on on our southern border. And hopefully you'll share it with everyone today. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for having me on again. I'm very glad to be with you and to talk about um, some of the recent pieces I've written, working with Tom Homan, the former acting ICE director and also uh, Tom Trento uh, with the United West on a project called Defend the Border, and that's defendtheborder.org. For the website online, you can find my articles there at the tab at the top that says news and many other important uh, videos and other information uh, throughout the site. Let me mention something really quickly before we get into even the articles, and that's about world population. I don't know if folks realize this, but population worldwide is actually crashing. I suspect most people don't know that. Obviously, Russia's population is in a demographic death spiral, has been for a long time. Uh, Replacement rate is around 2.1 children per woman per lifetime in Russia. They're at 1.5 or 6 or something. China's population, China's population is going off a cliff. And the reason for that, of course, is the decades-long one-child policy under which so many uh, female babies were murdered either by abortion or infanticide even after they were born. That leaves now 30 to 40 million young men at this point in time who will never have a wife. There's no chance. There aren't any. They call them bare branches, so they'll never have children. Iran's population off a cliff I think that may have more to do with sort of psychological dislocation under this horrific Islamic Republic of Iran regime they've been suffering under for four decades now. But even in Western countries, Western Europe and the United States itself, our population replacement rates are way, way below replacement. I I should say our, our birth rates are way below replacement level. The only way that the United States is remaining near at or about the 2.1 replacement level is immigration. So we come around to that and the hordes of unvetted, unchecked, on anything, border crashers, illegal aliens pouring across our border every single day and bringing with them, as we know, 
jihadists, terrorists, a criminal, certainly MS-13, narco traffickers. And as I wrote about in my article, uh, in addition to the narco trafficking, uh, human trafficking, women, girls, and yes, children. I don't think people realize that, Claire. And I read the other day that Hillsborough County, Tampa area, is one of the highest for children and female trafficking. Uh, we're number two in the country for trafficking. How is that possible? What's going on? It's, it's possible because the Biden administration came into office with a determination to throw open our southern border with Mexico and to allow the United States of America to be flooded with who knows whom, illegal aliens, not just from Central South America, but from all over the world, more than 150, I've heard count of over 160 different countries represented, absolutely flooding across that border, unchecked, unvetted, on anything. And that is the policy of the Biden administration to destroy this country by so overwhelming us, number one, overwhelming our system, the Cloward and Piven strategy, uh, overwhelming educational system, our schools, our a health system, hospitals, clinics, and of course, law enforcement as well, but also to dilute, I mean, literally to dilute the American citizen population already here, which is committed to the perpetration of, you know, a constitutional republic under rule of law. The Biden administration despises our constitution, despises the American patriot citizen, and wants to overwhelm all of that with hordes of illegals who know nothing about those things, care less about them, and just want the freebies that the Biden administration is handing out to them on our taxpayer dollars. And folks, they get belligerent if they don't get what they want. So not only are they coming here illegally, but they are demanding free services. And just like uh, we heard from Bill in the segment before, it's those free services that become the hook. As we all know, we are out of money. So what happens next? We're going to print more money so these people can have free services. Well, that's probably what is going to happen. But my fear, Claire, is as I'm listening to these globalist politicians talk and they're saying, oh, uh, we need more teachers. Oh, we need more uh, police. Uh, we need more soldiers. We need why, why do we need more? Well, first of all, because they threw Americans out when they wouldn't get vaccinated and then made the job so impossible that Americans, uh, why would you want to do that? But here they are now bringing in a crop of people that have no allegiance to America, have no idea what the Constitution is or says, has no idea as to what rights would be, and are willing, I believe, to become these police and soldiers and teachers. And what do we think is going to happen when that happens? Do you think a person from Iran, given a gun and the ability to use it, is going to care if he fires on an American? Imagine that, going to somebody's house to collect taxes and then shooting them because they wouldn't give you the money. Do I see that coming? I see that coming. 
I really see that coming. I see our military, our police, our teachers, our businesses being filled up with people that have no understanding of what America is and a group of people that want to keep it that way. Their idea is to keep it separate. They must keep us separate. So Claire, what do we do about this now? Well, I, uh, as, as many others uh, and the team at defendtheborder.com, we believe that the solutions lie at the local level. We think that that means that local communities of American citizen patriots must be first informed. So I thank you for helping to do that on your show here, Karen, and many others who are likewise doing the same thing on on radio programs and videos. So informed first and then engage. Uh, Whether that engagement takes uh, the form of running for a school board position or a city council position, or if it means simply uh, getting behind and backing and supporting promising new candidates for such offices who share your values, but somehow becoming engaged at the local level. And I do mean city council level, school board level, library board level, uh, and then on up, of course, to the county level and eventually uh, state legislatures. We have a great opportunity, of course. This year, many primaries already have have, uh, taken place, and we do see uh, a lot of uh, America first, true constitutional conservatives winning those primaries on to November this year, 2022, and the general election. Conservatives who care about the future of this country absolutely must get out and vote, hopefully by paper ballot on a single day of voting in person. But if not, if you really need to uh, vote in advance or by absentee, do it. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, the, other, the other thing that I'll point to are uh, the many efforts of so many people to expose the abuses, the fraud, the cheating that took place back in November of 2020. Just mentioned Dinesh D'Souza's fantastic movie, uh, 2000 Mules. But other efforts like that, too, Uh, the efforts of True the Vote that helped Dinesh D'Souza with that film, Uh, Catherine Engelbrecht, Greg Phillips. And so all of these efforts, they they coalesce at the local level. And yes, it matters who gets appointed uh, or who gets elected, I should say, uh, to Congress. It absolutely matters. I was just listening to a conference call with the newly um, elected congresswoman from a district in southern Texas, Myra Flores an immigrant herself, legal one, and a U.S. citizen now. Um, So it does matter that we send people like her up to Capitol Hill. But nevertheless, my emphasis would always be on action at the local level. Well, now that we will have a full slate of people to choose from, I believe the most important thing that we can do is vet them. And by vetting them, I don't mean, where did you go to college? Do you go to church? Uh, What is your family? How long have you lived here? Folks, nobody cares about that. You have to ask them real questions. If they're on a federal level, what will you do to close the border? Will you impeach uh, Biden and crowd? Will you help pull America out of the United Nations as the United Nations is set on a crash course to destroy America? Those are the types of questions that you have to ask, not the ones that it's nice to know where they have gotten their degrees and all of that, 
but in reality, folks, who cares? We have to look at their actions. We have to see what these people have done. And if they have made a change in their lives, many of them have. So we have to also be able to accept that as the truth comes out, many of these people may change their minds. And we have to talk to them about that as well. But what can, Claire, do you think, I mean, we have what, 2 million now illegals in this country and, and growing? Do That's you just within the past 18 months. Right, okay? right. Overall, yes, I would the number is un unknowable, I suppose, but probably well over 20 million. I, I would agree with you there about 30 million. Do you think that there could be a concerted effort to get some of these people out of America? Well, I think that with new leadership uh, at the Department of Homeland Security, new leadership at uh, ICE, again, uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, uh, Customs and Border Protection, CBP, with new leadership at all of those places, uh, yes, um, those who are here illegally must be identified and removed, uh, just, just end. Um, the other thing that needs to be done is that access to services, that is to going to uh, school, uh, to being in, in, enrolled in school, public school in the US, um, access to other services, welfare, um, you know, other, other support payments, housing and such things, that must be dependent made dependent and enforced as dependent only on uh, proof of either citizenship or the legal right to be here in the United States. That um, would be a good idea, wouldn't that? Well, I think it would be. And, and so, yes, the answer is this can be turned around, but it needs new leadership at all of those top positions. And that depends on uh, elections, especially in November but also then later in November of 2024 too. Absolutely. And also folks, when we look at the illegals coming here, yes, we look at it as a destruction of America, but what's actually happening to these kids that are coming across the border? Oh, what is happening yeah. to their lives as well? And that was the article that you'd wrote. So I'd like you to share some of that with us. Yeah, thanks for bringing us back to that. So again, I'm, I'm writing short pieces at defendtheborder.com. Uh, I'm sorry, defendtheborder.org. And um, that was one of the ones that I, I wrote recently. Uh, here's the sad, the sad story that that got me to write it. I, I was actually listening to Senator Ted Cruz from Texas on a news program not that long ago. And he again was uh, visiting once more the southern border. But on this particular interview with Senator Ted Cruz, he was talking especially about the child sex trafficking. Horrific topic. Many Americans may not realize what's going on. But here's, here's, what, it, here's what it's about. So Every single person, man, woman, child, coming across that southern border is being trafficked across that border with the assistance of the Mexican drug cartels and so-called coyotes. They owe money to those cartels, to those traffickers, each one of them for their passage from wherever they came from, be it uh, South, Central America, Mexico, or someplace further uh, afield, 
as far as China, let's say. So the fee that each person owes to the traffickers depends on how far they came, from what distance they arrived at our southern border and then were shepherded across. So those fees can, can range anywhere from a few thousand dollars to tens of thousands of dollars for, let's say, someone coming from China. And there are people coming from China, from every country you can think of, uh, as far abroad as Asia, uh, Africa, the Middle East, uh, and again, completely unvetted. But they all owe this money, okay? And that includes the children. And you wouldn't believe it. I mean, those of us who are parents, it, it just, it, it, it boggles our mind that any parent could put their little child into the hands of a trafficker and to be sent alone maybe thousands of miles to get across the US border. That little child or the family owes a great deal of money to the traffickers for that passage al norte, to the north, to America. And many times, maybe most times, the families who are doing this horrific thing, I mean, what kind of a parent would even think of doing such a thing, putting their child in the hands of these monsters, but they do it all the time. These people are unfit to be parents in the first place, but they don't have the money uh, to, to, to pay the traffickers. And obviously children don't either. So what happens to them? Well, they're trafficked. The children are trafficked. When they get to the United States, they're handed off to other child traffickers who then send them to communities all over the United States of America. I mean, cities, towns, uh, all over the country to be trafficked, to be to be used in the sex trade, the child sex trade. Children are being raped up to 20 times a day. I'm talking about five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds being raped many, many times a day to bring in money for their traffickers to pay their debt that their parents put them into the situation to come to the United States. That's what's going on. That's what's happening. The Biden administration, Alejandro Mayorkas, the uh, director of the Department of Homeland Security, they know this. They know this perfectly well, and they could not possibly care less. They will not stop it. They will not talk about it. They will do nothing to, to help these poor children. That's the article that I wrote. That is the piece that you can find at defendtheborders.org at the tab called News. Claire, when I read that article, I had chills up and down my spine. It was making me nauseous to realize what these poor children are going through. Their life in their former country must be so horrible that they're coming to a horrible country called America. So they're trading one horror for another? I don't think so. Folks, America is not an awful place if all these people are trying to get here. Uh, so we have to put that one aside. But just imagine what these children are going through just for a chance uh, that their parents think that once these kids become anchored in America, that they will be able to bring their parents up as well. And that's, I believe, why they're sending them. What a sad state of affairs in this world when this is what we are fighting. Folks, I was negligent and I apologize to Claire. I didn't give you a proper introduction. <laughs> and I want people to know that what you know 
is truth because you have been there, done that. So Claire is the founder and president of Lopez Liberty LLC. She has a career background in national security, and she's a wonderful speaker, trainer, and teacher, and has written many, many articles, all of which are true. And that's what's important, folks. We have to get to the truth. We cannot con continue to spew these make-believe uh, things that we are being told, uh, especially by mainstream media that refuses to recognize that we even have a problem. My goodness, they're even having trouble trying to make uh, Eric Adams sound good as he's trying to figure out how he can be a sanctuary study without having people come in to New York to take advantage of the sanctuary city. So many times these globalists make these policies and they don't think about what the consequences would be or even how to implement them. They just know that this is another way to control the people. And this is what's going on. This election in November is going to be so critical, Claire. Um, I, I think that you agree that this is the probably the most critical election that our country is facing. Do you really think it's a 50-50 split that 50% of Americans really want the country to be socialist? No, I, I certainly do not. Um, I think the majority of American citizens are patriots. I think they are uh, rooted in America's foundational principles, the Judeo-Christian principles that undergird our constitution. Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence itself. I think it is a small minority uh, that has seized control of many of the institutions in America. And by that, I mean, of course, media, academia, the government, public health institutions, and so forth. And a lot of that has to do with communist Marxist infiltration and co-opting of our uh, leadership. Uh, what Peter Schweitzer writes about in his book, Red Handed, that the Chinese Communist Party calls elite capture. That's what's happened to America. Elite capture. Bought and paid for leadership at every one of our pillars of society. But the vast majority of Americans, no, they're not on board with all of that. Absolutely not. And that's why I keep saying that it's so important uh, for, for education and engagement at the local level. Uh, and those citizens, those citizen patriots will take back uh, this constitutional republic of ours. I agree with you. And of course, as we all know, education is high on my priority list. And I have been working on a civics project with the Florida Department of Education and FSU. And what I discovered is that American documents, American founding principles, American founders are hardly even mentioned until the child is in the fifth grade, and then it's mentioned for one semester, and that's about it. Folks, we need to change our education. We cannot allow the unions to dictate what goes on in our schools. We cannot allow the publishers. That's the real problem. You can have the best standards in the world, but what is the child actually reading? And if they are reading that America is bad and evil and that your parents know nothing and that you should be going to your teacher to find out all of your information, well, that is wrong. Folks, we need to deep six. 
all the publishers because they are all promoting the same trash. There is no reason why a school district has to have textbooks. We have incredible resources that can be used to replace the faulty textbooks. And if we want to get ahead and we want to get a handle on America, we need to change education because in four years, those little darlings who are freshmen in high school will be graduating and they will vote. And if their heads are filled with trash, they will vote for trash. And unfortunately, that's what we have in America right now. So one of the things is, Claire said, we've got to pay attention locally, and you've got to pay attention to the school boards. That, to me, is prime if we can do nothing other than get the right people elected on school boards. That would be a home run, and even better, get your kids out of those government indoctrination clinics. Claire, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Please tell everyone where they can find you and your incredible writing. Well, thank you, Karen, so much for having me. And again, I want to point people in the direction of defendtheborder.com. It is .com. I, I apologize. I misspoke before. Defendtheborder.com. I also post my uh, writing and uh, videos at other places like uh, the Citizens Commission on National Security, the United West. Sometimes um, I appear at Front Page Magazine and on Jamie Glazoff's The Glazoff Gang. And also I'm a senior advisory board member for Sarjit Sangari's uh, Near East Center for Strategic Engagement, uh, Brandon Houses View Weekend website. I'm there occasionally. And I'm on social media. Uh, that is uh, at Claire M. Lopez on Twitter. Same thing, my name on Facebook at Clarecho, C-L-A-R-E-C-H-O on Truth Social and at Lopez Liberty on Telegram. Well, there's no excuse for people not to be able to find the uh, wonderful things that you write about that are so important that we understand and incorporate into our daily lives and into our discussion with others. Folks, if we don't share information, it's like not having it. So learning all of these things that are going on and keeping it to yourself and not sharing it, is like not knowing it at all. We have to share the information, we have to act upon it, and we have to get involved. America is a participation country. The populace, us guys, are expected to participate in our government. And that's your job until next week. Thank you all for listening. This is Karen Schoen. You've been listening to the Prism of America's Education with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Please go to the Alliance website, see what the Alliance is up to, and copy the things that we have done in Florida for your state. Have a wonderful week, folks. Find out what's going on in your local community and pay attention to planning and zoning because that's where they intend to take away our land. It's up to us, folks. Nobody else is going to save America except Americans. Is America worth saving? I certainly think so. And I hope you do too. I'm See America, you again. Next week. Don't tread on me.